everybody, it's the Way of Rock Podcast with Jeff and Jack. We're on episode 64. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing. I'm sitting here. I'm ready. We're going. We are, of course, broadcasting from high atop the Way of Rock Studios. Yes. And by high atop, I mean that we're kind of up on a hill. So normally we have this setup that works very well, and I sit on a nice, comfortable couch, and you sit on your chair, and we look at each other, and it's great. You decided today that everyone will be on the couch. (laughs) I did, and what I should have anticipated and didn't... So my question is... Was that a dog would want to enjoy the sofa as well. Is this... Do you have some big practical vision that this is uh, fulfilling, or are you just trying to annoy me? No, I just... I Honestly, I didn't want to sit at a desk chair today. I see. Okay. I I had a rough round of jujitsu this morning. And I kind of just want to sit on a sofa. I see. So okay. that's what we're, we're going to do. Okay. It doesn't seem to be affecting the podcast any, I don't think. It's, it's irritating me. Is it? Maybe someday we'll make enough money to have a big, nice, fluffy studio chair for you to, to chill in while we, while we chat. Okay. It seems to be annoying the dog more than anybody else. Yeah. She's confused. She is. She, she just wants to, to lay here and take up most of the sofa and we're we're in the way we are in the way so you uh you just got back from rock fest a bit ago i did i went to the great north yeah and that's this is your second go around at rock yes fest. year two so you you've been to two of them now i have been to two um you're, you're still into it huh yeah i think it's still into a four-day festival well this year was more a three-day than last year was um the wednesday the the bonus day um they didn't uh it didn't it didn't occur to them to get anyone worth watching that night so uh i see we're gonna start off on a negative uh, (laughs) we are no that was um i was more or less i didn't want to be mean to lita ford but i was okay with being mean to warrant um well yeah everybody should feel comfortable being mean to warrant yeah no uh, wednesday was more show up and do your housekeeping things make sure uh Tickets work, parking works. Uh, get your get your merch pre-orders that some may have, um, and then there's that's actually something Rockfest. Uh, I don't know if other festivals do this, but but from what I've seen with this process, they've really got the system down. They do you and- order everything ahead of time online, including if you want a Rockfest T-shirt. Because I know just in our our little local festivals we have here. If you want a t-shirt from that event, not not a band t-shirt, but an event t-shirt that, say, lists all the bands that you saw that day and has a little bit of artwork, something, you know, specific to that event. The events around here, they they order, you know, they, they, they sell 15,000 tickets, whatever the number is. And they order 12 t-shirts. So when you go there and you want an event t-shirt, they're like, oh, well, the first 12 people bought those and we don't have them. We're out. Rockfest, you order them ahead of time online and they've got it there waiting for you. Yes. And then they also have a pop-up store for the people that don't. They do, which is great. But it really helps the organizers gauge how many t-shirts they need to order. I, I fail to understand how our local festivals can't figure out if you've got... Uh, 15, 20,000 
seat amphitheater and you've sold, you know, 85% of those tickets, they can't do the math that say, well, maybe 13 people want a t-shirt or maybe 20 people want a t-shirt. But regardless, they, they sell those out immediately every time. They do. And um, it's fascinating to me that they haven't figured that out like a bigger, bigger festival such as Rockfest has. Again, I don't know if other festivals do this. I'm sure they. I'm sure the big ones do. I have to think, but it feels from like what you guys have told me, just that, the, the whole parking pass, the wristband, everything just really seems to be well thought out. There. It is well thought out. Um, part of it is naturally uh this doesn't really affect the tangibles but it, it kind of makes the whole process a little bit easier to start and then all i think all the other things just kind of come with that it's they're not finding a random park in kansas city and setting up four stages and calling it a day there's you know there's an actual chippewa county fairground area where um they do okay it. So, so it is something that they use more than Four days a year. They use it for Country Fest. Gotcha. I cannot tell you outside of those. But if it's a fairgrounds, set, they're using it probably for the county fair. For it's, yeah, it's, if they have that, quite a bit. there's like six people in the county. I don't know if they have a fair. Well, as you told me that I didn't realize uh, last year, it's it's very close to Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yes, I assumed it was in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. It is. It's thirty minutes from a major city. It's just in western Wisconsin. Yeah, a city in a different state doesn't count. So it, uh, you know, it's in this fairground that it's has essentially a Minnesota suburb. Sure, um, it has a big area for parking. So, like the parking, the the parking's fairly smooth and and whatnot. Um, yeah, and the, it just everything's very seemingly well organized. There's yeah, not you guys stay in a hotel offsite, and that's easy to get back and forth. Kind and of. like all of the things that keep Takes me four from hours. wanting to go to a festival, it seems like Rockfest has kind of worked out. Yeah, so they still haven't figured out how to make the sun go away, um, and they haven't figured out how to air condition the event and make it around. <laughs> it's in Wisconsin. What did it get to? Sixty eight, the <laughs> hottest day. No, it, it got to the upper mid eighties. I know. I like, you know, I like my, I like my outdoors 68 to 71 degrees. I don't know if you've seen what's been going on this summer in Missouri. Yeah, no, I wasn't here for that. And um, I was happy and it kind of, it took a few days whenever I got back and I was like, wow, it is hot here. Yeah. Hit you like a, hit you like a fist right in your face. Yeah. You walk outside. So once Rockfest figures out how to air condition the event, I think it'll be a perfect event. Um... I don't know if I have any other other thoughts of the tangibles uh, or the organ anything that I haven't said before. Um, no, but I think it's interesting because again, I I I would not go to this kind of festival. It has nothing to do with the the bands that are there. I just don't have that kind of endurance. Yes, I applaud those who do. I don't have it in me to. I'm when I go to a one day festival, I'm I'm tapped out before the headliner gets there usually um yes that happens and you know i've been to those kinds of days with you too and and you want to you've tapped out early so it fascinates me that you could you've got the endurance for this well sometimes um and this isn't not the case um you know it, it kind of happened with rockfest too and i'll now let me ask you this because i don't think i've ever asked you this before typically when an event organizer has 
a captive audience. They really jack up the prices of of food and water and whatnot. Okay. And this has been, you know, obviously you've been to a baseball game, you've been to a hockey game, and yes, you know, you know, it's fifteen dollars for a beer and seven dollars for a bottle of water and twelve dollars for a hot dog. Do the Rockfest organizers organizers participate in that kind of? Uh, so, um, not really, and I'll explain why if you want to break down the economics of it. Um, for starters. Out of the tens of different places you can get food from, the Rockfest organizers are have like three of them. So there's the you know there's both sides are lined with food trucks and areas. So they're outside vendors. Yeah, they're outside vendors, and then there's three like one on like one on top, and then one on each side where you can go get. Um, you you can use like you connect your card to your wristband and all you do is you scan your wristband. Oh, and see, that's another uh, nice nice feature. They'll they'll ding your card for however much you and you can get like you can get pizza there. You can get like donut holes. I think is a thing they did this year. Um, monster soda things like that. It's very the pizza doesn't look appetizing. It's very limited and it has the longest line of all the places the whole entire time. I don't know what the prices are. Bit and this that. is coming from someone who gets gas station pizza on the regular. I get gas station breakfast pizza from Quick Trip. There's a big difference between. And I'll explain the difference between that. Um, is tomato sauce? You can't. You can fake gravy. You can't fake tomato sauce. If you just want to start that tangent. All right. So moving on. Moving on. Well, you called out a baseless nonsense uh, argument. So yes, there's um, what's the word? There is um. Yeah, there's competition. So, you know, none of the food trucks are, I mean, they're probably expensive-ish if you compare them to, like, the actual... Yeah, right. They're probably a little bit more than if you saw them on the side of the road. What you're getting to what you're paying, maybe... But they probably pay a fee to be there. Yeah, they do. I kind of get that. Um, Now, I don't know what the alcohol prices are because the bars are stationed, like, the bars are put in the side stages, um, and I don't go to the bars too often. So may, they and they might do the uh you know jack up alcohol prices cuz people are going right. to buy that regardless and um you know just leave the food alone again. There's really only one item of food you can get from Rockfest whereas the rest is outside vendors doing their food truck thing. Now if you just want to now and and you've told me that you can bring a container to then refill with water. On. Yeah, so they have you can bring in an empty container. So that's pretty cool. A lot of venues would not let you do that. Yeah, you can bring in an out an empty container. Then they have at the top of the kind of standing above everything, they have an area that has four or five almost like showers, like they're poles with shower heads, but then they have a spout and you can turn it on the spout and fill up your water. They also the last two years um have had the like physical Monster has sent people, and then there's gonna there's a tent where you can go, and um, some girl will ask you if you want free monster, and then you're like, yeah, and then you don't have to pay the Rockfest people for their monster. You just go to the monster tent and get free monster. Um, right. So you get there on Wednesday. You take care of all your your house cleaning things. Yeah. And what's the best first band you see? Uh, the first band, technically, Lita Ford um, on Wednesday. Um, I saw. I watched her for about sixty seconds. 
Um, and then I was bored. No offense to Lita Ford. She's, uh, I just don't, I don't buy into the 80s metal anymore. It bores me. Well, here, I'll let you in on a little secret about Lita Ford. She, she's obviously a legend. She is. But you ask any random rock and roll fan to name more than one Lita Ford song, and they're going to stare at you blankly. Yes. She's cool. I love her. She's, she's a champion for the cause out there. She's, you know, the, the, the ladies in her, in her sixties now still looks great. I'm sure she sounds great, but outside of kiss me deadly and the duet she did with Ozzy close my eyes forever. There's, there's just not a lot there. No, there's not a lot there. And you know, it, it is what it is, but you know, the fact that the fact that she she was headlining. I mean, the Wednesday night's kind of a throwaway night. The Wednesday night's kind of a throwaway night. Last year you had Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche is essentially a Queensrÿche cover band at this point. And then the Black Moods, who of the thousands of people there, I was one of two people who previously knew of the Black Moods. Well, yeah, but they do the thing where they put in a, a lesser band after the headliner. They right? do. Yeah, they do. So a they thing they like have that. the headliner, and then after that, kind of clears out. Then a like they have a like a closing band. Yeah, it's a weird the, keep the party going. Yeah, it's a weird thing that they do. So who was that this year after Lee? Was there someone after? Um, well, Lita wasn't the headliner. So I'll, um, oh, Lita played, and then a band called Otherwise played on the other stage. And then Warrant was the Wednesday headliner. And Warrant's essentially a Warrant cover band. And then after band. Warrant, a band called Versus Me played. Gotcha. Okay, so I had no idea that I thought I would have thought Lita was the headliner. She wasn't. Huh. Uh, the Wednesday also last year had stitched up heart, which they did. Uh, like again, of the th- of the few thousand people there, I was one of two people who knew what stitched up heart was. Um, but you do enjoy your stitched up. I heart. do, so it was worth it to go on Wednesday. Uh, then we left and we went back on Thursday. All right, so Thursday so you don't Thursday you don't like, show up first thing, right? You we showed up pretty first thing. Um, actually, Thursday was like the day. Gotcha. You know, there was there was three day festival. They said. It was, it was almost like they gerrymandered it. And they actually, every day had a theme. And um, I'll go through So Thursday was like the day that they got like all the good bands. Like all the, the bands that you wanted to see, they put on Thursday. On uh, f- Friday was, it was a mix. It was, uh, we, we were elevating women today, which is fine. You know, you get to see Hailstorm, Pretty Reckless, Evanescence and whatnot. It was also like the, in Lilisar, Butcher Babies, A Few More Women. And then, yeah, that was just the uh, that was the theme. Then they sprinkled in "Escape the Fate," and they're like, eh, here you go." Um, so that uh, third Friday was like the day of women, and then the side stages were outside of John Five in nothing more. There really wasn't much going on that day. Um, and then Saturday was like the positivity day. So you had Lacey Sturm and all good things, and Jelly Roll and Skillet and Shine Down preaching to you the entire time, telling you how good your life is. Um, so we show up, we had to get there 12.50 on Friday because we had pit tickets for five. Oh, you're skipping ahead on Thursday. No, 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 on Thursday. I meant Thursday. We had to get there on 12.50 on Thursday to see Fire from the Gods. We had pit tickets for Fire from the Gods, who we missed last year at Rockfest. And then, um, I believe you caught them later on, but that was my first time seeing Fire from the Gods. Um, and they're Fire from the Gods. They're, they're, they're a fun band. They're good. Um, we saw them open up for Corn and Stained last fall. Yes, AJ. Yeah, they're very fun. The AJ, AJ the singer, can can sing a little bit. Um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here because of a story, and I've been waiting three weeks to go on this tangent because 
as soon as this happened, band one of Rockfest, this happens, and then it bothered me until I got to talk about it. Um, there is this uh, kid, and I don't want to give a kid a hard time because I'm sure he's just a kid with annoying parents. But there's this thing that concert goers do where they think that they're special. And it's, oh, I'm here at a concert and I can, it's my birthday and, you know, I've sang along to songs before, I can play the guitar. And they bring a sign and they say, hey, band, it's my birthday, I should come on stage and play with you. And that is like the most single frustrating thing in my life, I think, (laughs) when I go to concerts. Because one, no one else wants you to go up on the stage and perform. We'll clap for you and we'll pretend like this is a very fun, positive experience and we're having a good time. Right. You really do. You're just annoying the crowd. But now you're holding everything up. The second thing is the band doesn't want you to come up, but it's hard to ignore a lot of times. Right. Especially whenever, like, in you, um, this happened at Highly Suspect. And shout out to Johnny for not even like blinking. He didn't even acknowledge these annoying people. But they're like, oh, it's my birthday. Can I play Wolf with you? Um, I'm someone who's who can play guitar. I can play Wolf basically from top to bottom. It's not a hard song, but it's not a song that you trust some random Joe to come play. Um, and and then you get like they're going into Johnny's trying to play Wolf to start off the song, and you this circle of people around him. The song started. They haven't given up. Everyone's just pointing at this sign, um, and it's like just no because uh, the other thing and this is what happened at Rockfest because uh, AJ from Fire from the Gods they bring up this kid and they play this song I don't know the song I know one Fire from the Gods song and it wasn't that one which is fine they they didn't they didn't uh, use waste their one song on on the, the kid um, and this kid comes up and, and no one people who don't understand live music don't understand the logistical issues of just doing something like that right but this kid doesn't get an ear, in-ear monitor so he's up there. He can't hear anything. Correct. And, and you can tell he's like seven, if that. And now he's like confused because he's like, well, I was 10 feet that way. I can hear it everything. Was really loud. Right. <laughs> and now I'm right here and I can hear the drummer, but I can't hear any of this. And it's like, oh, yeah, because we don't put, there's no amps up there. There's no, you don't get to hear that. And so then, like, I think it, it hits the fire from the gods guy. They're like, oh, this seven year old's trying to sing a song without an in ear monitor. And we have we've had no vetting process. We don't know if he knows the words or can sing, or if he just has annoying parents. <laughs> and so they they kind of get through it, and um, the the guitar one of the guitar players kind of gets behind the kid and kind of helps him out. Yes. Um, and all this is fine. And I'm going to flash forward to Saturday just to bring this up. But then Motionless and White is, is is playing, and all of a sudden I hear Chris Motionless. He's like. Oh, we're gonna bring up our friend for this uh, a song in a little bit. He you know, he has a sign or whatever, and then it's the same kid. I was like, you already. Oh my god! I was like, you already got to play with Fire from the Gods, and now you're here. And I was like, there's. Okay. And again, uh, I don't know many. At most- this point, I'm gonna guess he's the child of somebody involved with the event. I don't know because you're just in the pit. It's got to be because it, it, it's I, possible. Otherwise, that's a that's a huge coincidence. Yeah, it is a huge coincidence. But again, it's like. You, you, you're, I mean, you know, you've gone to concerts with a kid before. It's a cheat code. You can do whatever you want it with it. It is a, kid. a cheat code, but and I, you, I, I took you to many concerts and you were never called up on yes, stage but for we, anything. We didn't bring a sign, though. And, and we, we would, well, it's true. We didn't stand up in the front with a sign. And That's we, the. And we would go see bands that are kind of known for that, like Foo Fighters and uh, again, Green we, Day. We, and, didn't, we didn't bring a sign. And I blame them for this, by the way, because it was a gimmick that those, both of those bands and probably others used 15 years ago. And now 
you know, society being what it is. Yes. They all think they're part of the show. It's the same, it's the same mentality that like when you hear comedians talk about playing a club and then a, a, a bridesmaid party shows up and then they've got to put up with that because the, the bridesmaids all think that they're the show. Yeah. No. So it's, it's like, no, your, your stupid bridesmaids are never part of the comedy show. And your seven-year-old kid is never part of a rock show. Yes. And, and so, again, I, and it's not like I, I, I went I wanted to go, like, beat this kid up or anything. It was just, like, a minor thing that, like, annoys me. But it's it's more the, the grander idea of everyone paid this here to come to this show to see the artist. And, you know, that makes sense. I'm not breaking new ground there. But I, I've never, un- it, it, but the idea that, Oh, you got proposed three months ago today, or or whatever it is, and all of a sudden that makes you any more important than anyone else that you get to bring. It. I I don't like the sign in general. There is a girl in the pretty reckless print that had a sign, and it didn't. It was a waste of a sign. All it said is, "We love the pretty reckless." Yeah, you're in the pit. Right, we got it. We, we know you're here. <laughs> you're you paid money. You're seeing them. We got it. And I I think back to my my younger concert days. If in 1985 I was at a Van Halen concert, and first of all, no one brought their little kids to Van Halen concerts, but if they tried to get their kid up on stage, Eddie would have been like, security? <laughs> can, yeah. Can we get these people away from me? Yeah, so, again... It's it, definitely a newer... In... You know, everybody s- thinks they're they're part of the... They're the star. Uh, yeah, and, and so, you know, I didn't even stay long enough in the motionless and motionless and white show to see the kid come up and to, if he did anything. Um, but I, I, you know, we, we were in the pit for fire from the gods. Was, uh, we're, we're watching and he comes up, he does this. I don't know the song. I don't, um, and, and for what it was, he didn't take anything inherently away from it. I mean, AJ sang every word. He let the kids sing words with him. Yeah. Um, so who cares? Um, it would have been just as easy to just bring him up on stage, say, hey, guys, look at the youngest rock fan that I've seen all day long. Get a big applause and then gently push him off to a, yes. a security guy to get him off the stage. Yes. Um, and then mention or, to the security guy, no more. Or or the kind of the flip side of our experience of back in back in my kid days. You 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 mentioned I I never I mean I I went on stage one time but it was a it was not a show it was a record store thing but right, I yeah, I, that, I that, did that, it that does not count <laughs> but you know yeah Seven Dust never brought me on the stage but Lejean has maybe not Lejean it might have been the bass player the one of the I, I remember I was in the pit for Seven Dust and I was against the railing and and I was acknowledged multiple times and i was given a drumstick and i was given a pick right you were and you were at uh godsmack too yeah and, and it, many more shows and, where they and if i remember correctly i don't think sully stopped singing when he no when he got you the drumstick yeah it was um and i think there's a great picture of of brent doing it too during a shinedown show where he's not giving me anything but he's like in front of me and he puts his hand on his heart and he points at me right and i was like okay that's all you need that's all i need you know i'm a great and i i even when i was a kid i would even have like those your little mind fantasies are like, okay, well, what song would I play if I got to come up and and whatever? And, and you know, it's well, you fun. went further at the, the the end of the show. The first time we saw Slash, Slash tossed you a pick, 
Now, you didn't have that zing on it. Yeah, you didn't play first base, so you couldn't. No, 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 it, it didn't make it to me. <laughs> no, it didn't. We were. It didn't. Slash he, underestimated how far we were. <laughs> but like, I, I think so. One, I think that con- I, I don't think that signs should be allowed in concerts. And I know that sounds like old man yelling at the cloud. But like, if if the one percent chance that the band gives you the the time of day and they get let you come up, sure, whatever, fine. You just annoyed everyone. But the entire process to get there, you're holding up a sign and you're blocking someone's view, right? And which is inherently saying, "I know that you paid to be here, but it's it was my birthday last month, and I got these tickets on my birthday, and the idea that I might be able to go sing the Hey Jude part of Hey Jude with this cover <laughs> band, I need to put this sign in where you can see, so you can't see anymore." Yeah, it's it's a crazy level of narcissism that that some folks have, and it's a very small amount of people, really. Yes, no, it, it's it, it it's like it is the the sil- the loud minority, but it's you know they're just. Well, and I'll I'll take it one further because I I annoying follow, about it. I follow the the Instagram and and saw the the photos that people were posting and and that Rockfest was posting, and I was going to bring this up to you anyway. There's a ton of people that go, and I'm sure they do this at every festival. I'm not picking on this particular one, but they, it's like a cosplay thing or they dress in, in bizarre outfits to draw attention to themselves. I saw one morbidly obese couple that were wearing like an American flag swimsuit. Yes. And, and when I say swimsuit, I mean like a Speedo and a bikini. And they had to have been 750, 800 pounds combined. And, you know, the only reason people are doing that is to draw attention to themselves. Yeah, there's, so there is, and I... seems to attract an element of that. I will chalk this up to festival culture in general. um, And I, uh, because that that definitely is a thing. I know that, I don't know who, I I know it's it's a little bit deeper than one person wakes up or when they're packing, they're like, oh, I'm going to wear this thing that's going to offend everybody just so they look at me. But it is like, like campsites, people that are in the same campsite, they'll, they'll like make a Facebook group and they'll like coordinate a bunch of stuff. And it's like, oh, our, our campsite will, and usually it's something as we got shirts made and these shirts have a funny saying on them. And that's fine. And then there's other, like, I think Rockfest is like, oh, we have, we have three theme days and Thursdays, this day and Friday's superhero day and, and see Saturday, now you're taking it too far. Saturdays, whatever. No, they that is a thing. I no, no, I know. I, I, is, I saw is, the photos. So that's why people were wearing superhero costumes on one day. I think, and that can't be comfortable to wear all it, day it, long. It can't. What I will say is, it someone like me who doesn't find joy in in other people's joy, <laughs> I don't. It, it doesn't change. It doesn't. It also it doesn't offend me either. But it doesn't like okay. But there's a, a love. So many people that love it, and they're like, "Oh my god, your outfit's so cool!" And I and so that goes into. Well, sometimes it pays off, and and I'm thinking back to like when that one year we saw Papa Roach and Party Shark was there. Yeah, Party Shark was there, and it's like, okay, you know, he's Party Shark, he's fun. It was one Party Shark. It was fine. The first time we saw Ghost and the 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 very well dressed Papa Emeritus was in the balcony, and I think we saw him again this year at Ghost. But uh, I don't know who has all these awesome Papa Emeritus outfits. Yeah. But th- sometimes it pays off. Sometimes you see something really cool and you're like, oh, all right. Now, to take it the other way, when we saw Slash back in February, there was a guy wearing just a terrible Slash outfit. 
and somehow he was getting pictures with everybody in the crowd. He was like six nine. <laughs> Looked like he decided to dress like Slash about an hour before the show. And it was just just awful. It seemed to have paid off for him. Yeah. So I mean in in like festivals in general, I'm sure if you go to a Coachella, I think was is a big one because that's just full of young, annoying people. I'm sure that's all. It, it's everyone's trying too hard. Yes. That's like Coachella's brand. We're gonna pay music musicians to play while you try very hard in the crowd. <laughs> that that's how it is. And and like at Rockfest, you see a lot of people. You know, they're wearing their cargo shorts or jeans in a band shirt, and they're and they're a normal person. And yeah, they're going you, about you, their day. You dress for comfort because yeah. you're going to be in the hot sun for 12 hours. and You have other people who understand that this is one of the places that you can wear things that you can't wear. I was going to say Walmart, but you can wear whatever. Things you yeah, can't I was say, have you ever been to a Walmart? Yeah, things you can't wear to uh, like Target, right? And the office. We'll say the, the office. office. Yeah, you know, you can wear whatever you want to Walmart. It'll probably be fine. You, Yeah, and so people like... Hell, you can wear whatever, wear whatever you want to the airport. I do that. I <laughs> know. I do that. No, so you, like, for example, I have my, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle onesie that I wore one time, right? I can never wear that again. I could wear it to Rockfest if I wanted, and many people would be like, that's awesome. Like, it, it, it's just like that. I don't know. It's it's just the A culture. fraction of people would think it was awesome. The very, the vast majority would think you're a jerk. Yeah, but no, I, I think you're... Rockfest people are way nicer than you are. <laughs> and I, I And I say that... As in, like, you you go to the line, you go stand in the pit line, you go stand in the bathroom line, you go stand in whatever line you want to stand in, you don't get through it unscathed. You're having a conversation with somebody. That seems to be a rock show thing. We've stood in many, many a line, it's, and, and you it's, know my policy it's about worth, talking to strangers, and no, no sooner than we show up in line and three strangers are talking to us. So I joked how I was in the Great North. Technically, I wasn't. But we're very close. And I think part of that spills in because you get a lot of the Minnesotians there. As you said, it's 20 seconds away from Minnesota. Um, and so you get, and I'm not going to do my, my bad Minnesota accent, but it's a lot of like just Minnesotan accents being nice to you. And They're it, very nice people up there. Yeah. And it's funny because like you'll listen to people behind you and it'll be two Minnesotians talking. The Minnesota, Wisconsin, all the, both of those states are just filled to the brim with with very cool people. Yes. So it, most people like I I don't think most people are there in the way that you are where everything that you see bothers you. I think most people are just like drunkenly having This is fun. why I can't do a festival. Yes. I go to a show, I want to see the show. I don't want to see the crowd, I don't want to meet people. I don't want to get loaded on crappy overpriced warm beer. I just want to see the show. Yes. Yes, it's, yeah. So, that's uh, that tangent going back to the, the Thursday day. So, after Fire from the Gods, we had our little scheduled break because that's all we had. Sorry, Wild Street. We had to take a break while Wild Street was playing. Because listen to this um, kind of just run of things. Dead, who I wanted to see on the side stage. Hatebreed. No, I lied. Aaron Jones on the main stage, which we had pit tickets yes. for. Dead. Hatebreed, Diamante, Theory of a Dead Man, Spirit Box, Limb of God, Avatar, Disturbed. So it was like, there's not really a... Not, not another chance to take a break. Yeah, not really another yeah. chance. You know, you, you can, okay, we can go to the bathroom while Theory of a Dead Man's on because we'll see them and it's just Theory of a Dead Man, right? But other than that, it's like, okay, well, we want to 
we can maybe do something during Diamante, but we have to make sure we see Diamante play Iris and yada yada yada. So we we like I said we take our break for the day at uh what is that one twenty, um and then we have to go get in line for Aaron Jones to be in the pit. Um, and Aaron Jones is awesome. I don't know if uh I don't know when when we'll have a chance to to see him again. Um, cause that album came out last year and I know he's been on the road doing his own thing, um, opening for a lot of people as well. So I don't know if we'll get a chance on this album cycle, but Aaron Jones is awesome. I don't know what, if that's his band or if that's his three musicians that he took out for this leg of the tour. I don't know what with the ins and the outs of that, but his band is, is really awesome. Uh, he came out, he opened with that, uh, that boys from the Puget Sound off off the that's the first track off the record where he kind of comes out and he's like playing a little guitar but he's like he's like saying the word then it just kicks in and they altered it where instead of playing that song as it is it was just a lot of we're gonna solo these these guys face off as the first song then we'll go into our set um but they they played all the songs you you would expect them to play the 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 two hits that he has mercy and to um take me away he finished with he threw in supercharged and hot friends and take your time and um he did a, a nirvana cover i don't know my nirvana too well i think it's i'm on a plane but i don't know yeah that's the name of that song yes i don't know if it's that it's song on a plane on a plane i don't know if it's that song i was kind of doing my best listening to the lyrics um I don't know if they say I'm on a plane and on a plane or not, but they, they do. They do. Okay. Well, I'm going with that. That's my official. I don't know if it's that's on, it's on the Nevermind album. It's it's a deeper cut. Yes, n- that doesn't help me. But I think that was the song they played. Um, and he did because he didn't he didn't announce it or anything. He just they just started going into it. I was like, this kind of sounds like a Nirvana song that I know. And then it it was a Nirvana song, and I like I said, just going off lyrics. But, uh, you know, he was really good. They finished with Take Me Away, and that's the video that I sent you where um, him and his guitar player are back-to-back on the Vanity stage right in front of me because they did that thing where you play a five-minute song with eight minutes left, so you have three minutes to... Yes, I you're showing me something that means nothing. Um, so... <laughs> Yes. I was backing you up with information is what I was saying. No, you're backing me up. I know that On a Plane's a Nirvana song. I don't know if that's the one they played. I was That's what I'm saying. I don't know what Nirvana song they played. I don't know the title of it. He didn't say it. But uh, they, they finished with Take Me Away, and, you know, that's a... That, that was kind of his first radio hit. I think Mercy's a little bit bigger, but came came a little bit after. And... You know, they they got to the midpoint of the song where they stopped playing the song, and it was just we're gonna solo now. And that guy can play the guitar very well. Um, and his band's really tight to his other guitar player. They were trading off with each other. Um, they kicked it back to the drum set, and he had like a little I don't want to say a drum solo, but like a little like extended fill that kind of is a a small drum solo. And they went back, and you know, it was a really good ending to to a really good set. And it was um it was kind of the one of the names that when Rockfest was announced, it was like, okay, I get to see Avatar, I get to see Lamb of God, I get to see a few bands that I love to see often. But I'm really excited to see Aaron Jones. So, you know, got him out of the way really early on. But 
put on a really good set. I uh, went up to the side stage to see Dead, who's, uh, I guess, technically a new metal band that I'm aware of because of our time with SiriusXM. Um, I, I only know their... I only know a few of their songs. Um, most notably, their hit is Anti-Everything. I say hit loosely because it's a new metal. It's a, it was an octane hit. Um, I don't know if you're going to hear it on on the point but uh it, it's it is a fun song and they're they are a fun band they they came out they're dressed up um which i know bothers you but it, i don't mind it um and and they just play their set like i said it, it's a new metal set you know what you're getting into they finish with anti-everything um and then it's time for hate breed and hate breed's fun because they're playing on the main stage in the middle of the, of the day which usually means they have a fifty-minute, fifty-minute uh, set or not. The amount of hate breed songs you can fit into a fifty-minute set is unheard of, because they're all thirty-three seconds long. They play a song and they they do the the they do the crushing riffs and Jamie Josta does his thing and then the song's over and then they start the next song and they just blow through song 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 because they they're so short and they can play. 37 songs in their sp- in their time. He's got to get home and get on his podcast. Yeah, he has to get home on his podcast. And I thought about this the um I thought about this while we were, I was watching them. I again, I don't I don't want to be I don't necessarily want to be mean to Hapri, but it was just an interesting thought that I had. Jamie Josta's podcast might be bigger than Hapri. Is that do you think that's fair? Yeah, it's, I think it's a fair cuz I mean I I what I'm basing this off is when Joe Rogan's podcast is bigger than his comedy career. I don't think that's unusual. No, yeah, I don't think it's unusual, but it's more of like if Jamie Josta had 19 other business ventures, I would compare them. But no, it's like when Hatebreed's here, they play Pops. When Jamie Josta had a live recording of his podcast, he played a bigger venue. And I'm just curious if, I, I guess it's not that unheard of, but... Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess you're right. It's, it's weird to think of it that way. I mean, but I think a podcast is more accessible to a, a wider it is bunch of people. And, and it's easier to listen to jamie josta talk about things and interview super uh rock stars other th- rather than listening to hardcore punk right. i get that right it, it was just an interesting thought while hatebreed's playing because i was um oh i like hatebreed we yeah, it's, see it, them again. you're right it's it's it, it's not it, it's not how you would think that would play out but i i think that's actually kind of natural yeah perhaps um, one, one funny joke that I did like that Jamie told was, um, cause at Rockfest you're not, re- you're not supposed to, and I don't think they tell the bands this. I don't think none, I don't think any of the f- front people are told this ahead of time. The pit is not supposed to act as a normal pit. It's the way that it's built. Um, it's kind of elevated. Like you, you go down a, a, a path. Then you have to go up a few steps to be in the pit. But then the vanity stage kind of goes over that. And so there's no one in between, like under the vanity stage, it's tall enough where people could fit underneath it, but no one stands there because why would they? Why would you? Yes. Shade. But yeah. But then there's also, there's right kind of at the end of the pit, there's steps that go down into the path to go up on the back. So there's not really, and they try to fit as many people in the pit as they can. So there's not really room to have tomfoolery occur. Um, and I only say that because Randy Blythe came out and within like 30 seconds, he was like, circle pit. 
It's like, we can't do that, Randy. Um, but uh, Jamie comes out, and I, I think he, like, at the beginning, he he said something, you know, like, he was like, let's open this pit up, or one of those rock star things. But then later, he he kind of went back, and he's like, he's like, we don't uh, normally get the uh, the invitation to the main stage, so let's make sure we behave so they let us back, come back next year or something like that. Because yeah, the the they're not supposed to mosh, and bands sometimes tell them to mosh, and um, yeah, I don't I, I I don't really know what else to get in with Hatebreed, especially since we're seeing them n- not too. We are going to see them on that Anthrax Black Label Society yeah, show so y- in just about a week and a half or something like that. No, like a week. So it's that soon. You get to see uh, Hatebreed, um, I guess for the first time because that was my first time seeing Hatebreed. Um, they're Hatebreed. It's Hatebreed. <laughs> they have their formula. They do it very well. I think it's very enjoyable. Um, and then after Hatebreed was Diamante, who admittedly I don't know too much about still. Um, but we were up, you know, she, she's got a great voice. Uh, and she does a good cover of the, the Goo Goo Dolls song. They didn't have, uh, she didn't have Ben with her to uh, complete the Goo Goo Dolls song, but they, they played it regardless. And she was a late, she replaced Nita Strauss when Nita Strauss dropped out. Yeah, that was a weird story that, that happened that week. It was l- pretty late. Nita Strauss, for those who don't know, she quit Alice Cooper's band and canceled all of her solo shows at the same time. So she had a bunch of solo stuff lined up, including Rockfest. And just abruptly, she quits Alice's band. And Alice is going on tour here in a couple of weeks. And and then cancels her solo shows. And then, like, literally the next day, it's revealed that she's joining, was it Ariana Grande? I didn't. I, it's one of those, Elena Menzel, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't keep those names straight. I'm going to yell at you for a second. How did... How did the two female uh, pop artists that you could think of? One of them's Ariana Grande, which which makes sense. You said Elena Menzel. She doesn't exist. You were thinking of Indina Menzel. Okay. Do you know what Indina Menzel's credentials are? No. She's a fine singer. She was the the voice of one of the girls in the Disney movie Frozen with the big "Let It Go" song. I, again, I get all those those that world it confuses. No, me. but it's a they're two different worlds. It would be like. Oh, I I can't name that Star Wars character because Goodfellas. <laughs> um, Point taken. It was either just, way. She joined some pop stars band. Yes, like, I didn't see that, and was on like Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, so she like literally, obviously, she's had this in the works because like the next night or a night or two later, she was on Jimmy Kimmel playing with insert pop star name. I don't know who it is. So Nita Strauss wasn't there. Diamante was. Um, I didn't follow any of that beforehand or afterhand because I didn't know who Nita Strauss was until Rockfest was announced and you were all excited about Nita Strauss. Diamante was Diamante. Um, Again, that was kind of the... Demi Lovato is the name I was searching for. Oh, she's with Demi Lovato. Yeah. So she... like Diamante, like I said, she was kind of... It, it worked out where she was. She ended up being kind of break two, so it was like okay, time to go to the bathroom, fill up waters, do all that thing, um, and then we'll 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 just go over and catch her set whenever we're ready. Um, after them, it's theory of a dead man, who I wasn't too excited about 
admittedly, I like their, I like two songs off their 2016 album, but I don't even know, like, the Hinder song that they have, I just became, or not Hinder, I keep saying Hinder, Nickelback, their Nickelback song, um, Bad Girlfriend, I was aware of, but I didn't, I couldn't tell you what it sounded like until two weeks ago. Theory of a Dead Man, however, is kind of fun. Their, uh, their singer, Tyler, Tyler Connolly, I believe his name, he's got jokes, which uh, is always welcome if they're good jokes. You know, there's a lot of bands that don't have jokes, but they tell jokes. Uh, but Tyler was funny. He, you know, they when they came played Straight Jacket, uh, they brought out a piano for him to play it on, but they loaded it with Paps Blue Ribbon. And so then he, he, he he's like, oh, this piano came bearing beer. Who wants some beer? And then, uh, you know, everyone's like, ah. And then he's like, it says here it's Paps Blue Ribbon. And then everyone's like, ooh. And then he starts tossing down to the pit, which you're not supposed to have alcohol down there. He was breaking the rules. They might not get the invite to the main stage. I'm not sure you're allowed to give away beer either. <laughs> Although it is Wisconsin. Well, yeah, but then there's, there's, a, there's a joke coming soon. Um, it's partially related. But... <laughs> Um, and then they kind of did, like, whenever he got his piano, he started playing uh, the Don't Stop Believing intro just to, you know, do the warming up your fingers thing, but then it, it stuck. And they kind of did that gimmick a few times where they would, like, start playing the beginning of a cover and then everyone would, everyone would get into it and the crowd liked it. And it, it was fun. They they did Paradise City that way. They they, they did, uh, they brought in the acoustic, acoustic guitar for one song and he started playing Hurt. Um they did a Garth Brooks song. I can't tell you any Garth Brooks songs, but I asked the person next to me, and she was like, oh, it's a Garth Brooks song. I'm like, okay. Uh, and they played, you know, they 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 played a good, uh, a pretty solid set. I think through them, a lot of their stuff isn't really what I was, it doesn't, they don't normally sound like Nickelback. That's that one song. A lot of their stuff is kind of a more of a a poppy rock I don't really know what I would describe it. Um, you can tell they're from the era that they're from, though, if that makes sense. Uh, but they were really good. Uh, they have a... is an interesting thing. They're they're developing a theory of a dead man strand of weed, which, to go into um, what you were just saying, uh, he made a joke that they can't sell weed in the merch booth, and so they're going to have to go just go out to the crowd and sell it to everyone one by one. Um which he said that's the legal way to do it, which got laughs from the crowd. After Theory of Dead Man was one of the more one of the more uh, enticing bands of the the weekend, which was Spirit Box, which I was really intrigued to see because I don't know I didn't know much about Spirit Box going into it, but I knew that they were kind of a a heavier progressive metalcore band fronted by a woman who has a name, and I think it's Courtney, but I can't tell you her last name, Laplante maybe. Uh, but they were really good. She, you, you could kind of tell, um, and this happens with, with smaller bands, you can kind of tell that they're playing in front of a crowd that's a little bit bigger than they knew what they were getting into, um, and which was really apparent. They were having some technical difficulties, and instead of, like, so, if Shinedown, had, and I know this is a, a horrible uh, comparison, because Brent Smith is in a tier of his own as far as front men go. But when if Shinedown has uh, technical difficulties, 
you're not going to know about it. Brent's just going to talk to you for seven minutes or however long it takes. And he's going to tell you to shake the person's next to you hand and all, all the things that go along with that. Whereas Spearbox, it, they had technical difficulties and she just kind of tried to do her, her best to banter with the crowd, but um, also let her know that their time was coming up and they, they were having technical difficulties and they were working as, as fast as they can. I'm going to go into, for, for uh, I'll disclose this, I'm alone right now. Jeff's taking care of some things, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this rolling. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wait wait for Lamb of God until he's back. I'm gonna just go in and I'm gonna save avatars too. I'm gonna talk about Disturbed because I I did like Disturbed quite a lot. Disturbed I I've they've been hit or hit or miss with me for the last couple of years. Where I think like I've I've always really liked their their songs, um, and it's not an issue of the the music itself and i think they put on a great show but i think they definitely i don't know how i say their their songs are definitely very anthemy and they're very um positive i see your back um no i blew your cover already i i i explained it i'm talking about disturbed because i wanted to save lamb of god until you were in the room disturbed was the headliner as we as we know and they played a great show. They only did two of their annoying slow songs, which um, being Sound of Silence and The Light. Um, other than that, they, they debuted Hey You, um, their first live live show of Hey You, which is not the Pink Floyd song. Um, I was hoping it was when, I, when it was announced. Oh, you would have been so cross. You would have been so cross had that been their new song. No, I, another cover from Disturbed. No, I but I like the song "Hey You." I do. Yeah, I, I get it. But had just had, had no, that been the new Disturbed song, you would have been so angry. I wouldn't have been angry. I just if it was bad, I would have said that, as I do with a reason to as fight. It turns out it's a pretty good song. No, it is a good song. It's um, it's a really good song actually. I Disturbed in the last three weeks, they've grown on me heavily. Um, we, we listened to it today, but the that song the night that they have i i guess they haven't played that live in a while because uh david mentioned he's like oh there's a song we haven't played in a long time so get ready and it was the night now the whole time they're playing i'm like i i know this song but i, I don't know what name it is what or what song it is until the chorus and i was like oh it's the night um but they you know they put on a real david's a great front man too he really is um i'll talk about Fantastic voice. Randy Blythe in a second, because they kind of do the same thing, just like egregiously different. Like Randy's running around, jumping over. He's like, they like set up like track and field hurdles on the, so he can jump over them and his track and field and look like he's running. And he's like, he's done a full body workout by the end of the first song and it's whatever. And he, David walks everywhere. He will touch every inch of the stage. But it's in a slow walk. Yes. And he just walks around. He holds his microphone. He's the opposite of Mick Jagger. He's the opposite of Mick Jagger. Another thing that I think is interesting about Disturbed, less the performance and more just Disturbed in general, isn't okay. So, like, Disturbed created the, right, and maybe less Disturbed in, in more David Draymond. They created this concept of you can just, like, make noises and it works. It's true. But. Kind of like they do that, and then like as as Corn does the scat thing. Yeah, and and Corn that's a great another great example because 
like no other band can do those things now because those two bands found their thing right they did it and they got so big that now if any other band tried to oh i can't do it <laughs> um then they're like okay they're just trying to be disturbed or if like a cool band comes out and say they have a great song but 30 seconds of it are spent scatting it's like well off-brand corn right and I, I i just think it's super interesting how like the window closed so fast they they released down with a sickness i was like oh this is a cool new thing and then i was like oh this is the biggest song in the world no one else can do this um but yeah, I you know in in the way that he talks in between songs, he's a it's it's like a very slow, and he's like my brothers and sisters, my disturbed ones, yada yada. He's just a he's a really he puts on uh, a really solid show, um, and that's disturbed. I'll I'll, I'll run it back now because I say I I wanted to keep Lamb of God and Avatar on the docket until you were in the room. Lamb of God was really good. Um, and I don't really know what else to. I, I Lamb of God. Just in the last couple of weeks, they've grown on me a lot, just because they're a cool band. You know, they the the first thing that you'll say about Lamb of God anytime that Lamb of God comes up is how cool their name is, which I would agree with you. I think they have one of the probably one of the best names in maybe not music as a whole, but in this style of music, definitely. Um, but they also have a very it's it's not a style of music that's that's been done before you know someone uh nerds on the internet will tell you that they're a groove metal band and sure whatever groove metal means i've been hearing that for years i still don't uh, where's the i guess um yeah i don't know i'm 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 never one that understands all the different genre breaks down yeah and and, you know but it's all rock and roll they but you know they're they come from richmond virginia so they have a little bit of southern in them by default and so they you you kind of combine this cool where randy blythe can can scream his head off as long as you tell him to mark morton's a great songwriter and riff writer and um whatever the adler brother i think steve adler's the one that's in the band chris adler's the drummer that's no longer in the band steve adler um plays the other guitar i think those two really work well together they Lamb of God riffs just all, by default, you know, they they just tune down the E string to a D and they just go to drop D and then they play cool Southern metal riffs. And then you pair that with now, um, Art Cruz is just going to beat the hell out of his drums. And, and, you know, they're just such a fun band live. We've seen them once together, I believe. Um, and Randy's Randy, you know, he, 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 He's he has a cool look to him. He, he has the dreadlocks, and he always looks like he's pissed off, and he he sweat through his shirt before the intro track's done playing, and he he's got a, a hell of a voice on him, and, he, and like I said, he can he can run all over the stage and just jump over whoever he needs to jump over and, and do all the things that he does. He has like a bum knee right now, and his he had two knee braces on, and he was talking to Lou Brutus before the show about how you know he has to like the same way that whenever you have a knee injury and you're doing a workout or something or you're doing your athletic sport or you're going to play basketball for your high school or whatever he's getting his knee taped up and then he puts his brace on and after the show he has to go sit in the bus and ice it down and <laughs> like it, it it's, not, uh, it's not the backstage that people are thinking about is it no and it's like it, and i think part of that's so fascinating because it's like you know, I, I we always 
when we do this thing where um in the rock community and it it, it got uh elevated a lot when Dave Grohl broke his leg whereas we we use the example of Dave Grohl breaking his leg and then going back out and sitting down and while a guy held his leg in place and finishing the show which was a very insane thing to happen yes but we take that precedent precedent and then we set it where like if if a pop star is 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 doing his thing and like say one of the sound techs comes out with a baseball bat and just cracks him right in the shin <laughs> and he and he's like really hurt the and, tour is over in in the if the if but the thing is if the tour is over okay he cracked his shin right but then people metal people on the internet be like oh he didn't finish his show because he's such a little pansy and it's like oh shut up I don't even remember where I was getting to going with. Oh, I yeah, did, I was going to say I you're did. not really no, making a point. I am getting there. <laughs> but the, so what I was going to say is like, if Randy Blythe said, "Hey guys, sorry, I really messed up my knee. You know how I like to play my shows. I like to play my shows at 100. percent We're going to postpone this tour." No one would say, "Oh, Randy Blythe is a well, maybe a few would hit the internet." But like most people would be like, oh, "That makes sense." Right. But Randy Blythe is, you know, he wants to go and play his music for his people, and he's like, "I'll deal with it. It's just, it's just a lag." I think that's that's very uh, interesting of him. He's also Randy Blythe's. Uh, I don't know if you know this about him. He he's a photographer in his free time, and he, he I did not know he that actually photographs. Um, and I, I'm kind of looking more into it now, but because uh, the song Five Twelve, which is about, I'm pretty sure that was Randy's cell number whenever he was in jail in the the Czech Republic which I looked up and it was only for 37 days which I 37 days in the Czech Republic has got to be at least 15 years in Texas Stop. you've never been to the Czech Republic no it was um he just he was on he was in jail he was jailed until he was bailed out and then um he came to America and then which could have been the end of it. He chose to go back to the Czech Republic and stand trial where he was, uh, I believe, found not guilty. It was a vehicular hitting someone. Right, right. Or something. Yeah, no need to dredge all that back up. No, no. I, I think it was, again, I, I only bring it up because that happened before I was a Lamb of God fan. Yes. Um, I kind of discovered Lamb of God with that album that came out right afterwards. So I didn't really know anything about it anyway. So I looked it up just to, just to kind of know. And I, I I was under the impression that he was in jail for like two years. Yeah, yeah, you kind of got that feeling because it was always in the news. But yeah, it was thirty-seven days, um, in which he wrote the song Five Twelve. Where um, if you haven't already, I, I look at the lyrics. It's a very interesting song, knowing what it's about. Um, but Lamb of God, you know, they they tore it up. Uh, I I kind of texted you immediately. That was while they were playing. I was like. If they came here, where do you like? Where do you like? Where do you think they would play? And um, I'd like to see a show happen soon because we've only seen Lamb of God open. We've never. And seen now them. that I've been to the music park, I I do think that would be a, a proper venue for them. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's probably right. But yeah, they were you know they're really good. I know you have issues with bands that don't don't sing. I don't. Um, so I, I can get way more. I don't into- think I have issues. I it just it the 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 Cookie Monster vocal wears thin on me after a while. I, I need a back and forth. Yes, in which I would push back with saying for most bands, I I kind of see that with a band like Lamb of God. I think the the thing that makes 
the lack of really any clean singing outside of like three songs tolerable as in this is the guitar player in me but i can li- i could watch mark more and i would go i know i texted you this and this won't happen especially because i think the former lamb of god drummer steven adler was one of the reasons that vinnie paul would never take the pantera reunion out because he would just tell him he was like no don't do that um so i imagine mark morton would not fulfill my idea of joining zach and being a dual guitar oh, part of the the Pantera. Yeah, I just think his, I think it's my God. That's an entire topic that we're gonna have to hit like at another time. Yeah, we are gonna have to hit that at another time. But I just think it'd be funny if, uh, like, I texted you if because the it, the rumor is that Zach's the guy. Yeah, that's not a rumor anymore. It's a thing. Is that a thing? It is. Okay, well, sure. It is. Uh, you know, Zach's already given some some media talk about it. I see. So. I thought it would have been cool if it was Zach and Mark Morton because Mark Morton also does that kind of Southern metal right. thing. And I think that, you know, Zach can do the dime bag fast. I'm I'm doing my the fingers that audio listeners, which is everyone, can't see. Um, he can do the, the shredding, but Mark Morton, and I only bring this up because Zach Wilde himself has said that he cannot play the I'm Broken intro perfectly which I'm going to say that Zach is lying because <laughs> and, and I'll go out and say, I'll, I'll completely pull my chest out. I know I'm getting sidetracked here, but Zach's a better guitar player than die back. With that being said, I would like Mark Morin to do I, Mark Morin can play. I'm broken. I can tell you that you know, every lamb of God riff could be Mark. Uh, I'm broken. If you change the tuning and the position of the, you know, it, 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 that's just the style that he plays in. And, um, uh, yeah, I think that's Lamb of God. I don't know if I have anything else to say about Lamb of God. They they played the songs that you'd expect them to play. Um, opened with Memento Mori, closed with Redneck, sprinkled in the 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 Walk with Me to Hell and the Laid to Rest and Omerita and um, another song that's off the new uh, newish album. They played the new Nevermore, which is a really good song. I'm really excited for that album. Um. Yeah, that's Lamb of God. I don't know when that album comes out, but we'll be talking about them shortly enough. And then finally, to close out Thursday, we have Avatar, and you know the Avatar, uh, you know the Avatar experience. Yes. They, um, the only thing that they've done that I haven't seen them do before is they played Puppet Show, um, which is the song with the picture where he had the trombone. And Johannes played the yes. trombone, which I guess Johannes can play the trombone. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't he be able to play? Yeah, the trombone? I mean. I, <laughs> I think of the, and this will upset some people because I'm kind of dabbling into a world that I don't understand, but I think of the those instruments, the brass instruments, I think the trombone is the easiest to do in the sense of, I I don't know how trumpet players do the trumpet. That's a hard thing to... to I don't just, know how, I mean, I don't think the trombone's all that different. No, it, it is because it has a bigger mouthpiece. Like the trombo- the trumpet mouthpiece is very small, so you have to like, not only generate a lot of force with your breath, but you have to make your right. I get that, but you you have to do that with both. I, I don't know okay, how I don't yeah, know how any of them on. play any of them. I, I, I did in middle school. I did my band auditions where yes. I went through and I did all the things. They don't have you play the instrument, but they have you use the mouthpiece in in whatever. The trombone's the only one that I could make a noise with. Gotcha. And I think the trombone and the tuba share the same one, and I think the trumpet and the French horn share the same one, or the same size, or it's similar. Yeah, they're 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 all fascinating to me. I don't know they, how people do that. They are. Yeah, the trombone is. And, and that's also it's it's not fingerings it's positions of the thing. Well, yeah, but so just it, just talking, you know, 
the the mouth part. Yeah, just talking about. I think it's the easiest of the mouth part. I think it's the easiest brass instrument in general. That was the vibe that I got whenever I was gotcha. in middle school band. Um, I was a percussionist because I was better than all the the horn players. I didn't want to make that abundantly clear. There was only fifteen percussionists, and I was one of them. <laughs> so, um, you know, he, Johannes played the uh, the trump the trombone, which we had never seen him do. They did that Colossus opening that they did um, when you and I saw them separately where they set up the the second drum set they did the intro a little bit different when they came out where uh the drummer john came out and just kind of did the the drum beat that's in the background of the class of the that one and then the rest of the band kind of like while in they were they it was mostly the same but they kind of shuffled out in their formation together and then they played colossus uh the rest of the band broke off and did their own thing john stayed out and played a, a second song on the makeshift stand up and front drum set um and and they did their thing um and it was an avatar show you know they played all the songs that they need to play um one thing that i wanted to add this is the most important aspect of the avatar topic i think lou brutus uh talked he, if you follow him on Instagram, he gives you every t- every band that plays. He'll post a picture of them, and he'll be like, "Rockfest, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, the picture that he when he talked about Avatar, apparently after the show, they invited him on the tour bus, and they showed him four songs off their upcoming album, which means that there's an upcoming uh, Avatar album eventually. Excellent. And also on the topic of upcoming albums, we know that there is going to be a Disturbed album coming out, or at least. There is, yeah. Yeah. yeah they've they, got new music coming out. Sounds like Avatar's got new music coming Disturbed, out. Um, Disturbed's one of those bands that... And Sounds I, like Lamb of God's got new music coming out. Well, we already knew that. Yes. Okay. No, Disturbed... When Disturbed released their song, at the time, I was like, I was thinking, this could mean a new album. This could also just be Disturbed releasing a one-off song. Which they do. Yeah, which they do. During their show, they or before the show, uh, Lou Brutus was interviewing Dan Donegan, and they do the little video package, and that album will be coming out uh, in the the fall, it sounds. So, uh, Disturbed in the Fall, no announcement or date for Avatar, but that's on the horizon. And that kind of wraps up uh, to day one. You look like you're about to queue up a break here. We are going to take a break. We're actually going to wrap this part of the Rockfest recap up. And we'll be back with part two. Yes. Which will cover Friday and Saturday. Yes. But for now, that was Rockfest. This is the Way of Rock podcast. I do want to direct everybody to our website where you can listen to this podcast. And you can also buy merch. You can click through to our store and get yourself a The Way of Rock t-shirt. There's a few other designs up there you can get. And you can use the promo code ROCK1, all caps, R-O-C-K, the number one, and save yourself 15%. Stop by our socials. You can do that at It's The Way of Rock on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We post a song of the day every day. And that is part of our, uh, what do you call that service we use? Spotify. That's part of our Spotify playlist. And we post that every day in stories and also on Twitter. And we also post all of our Rockfest pictures and all the pictures of all the other shows that we go see from time to time. So go do check that out on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And stop by our website at itsthewayofrock.com. So until we do part two, for Jack, this is Jeff. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 